It wouldn't be two ghouls without a technical difficulty. Two boobs. No. <laughs> two two doofuses. Two humps to go over because two boobs. Two boobs podcast. Technically, it's, just, it's four. It's four boobs that we had to go over for this. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, welcome, guys. This Hello, is everybody. Podcast. 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 Wednesday. 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 I'm jumping over to the Google Doc. Um, I'm Katie. This is Sam. Hello. And we're two cousins. (laughs) We love to share scary stories every week with you guys. So subscribe if that is your thing. Hit the like button so we know you like it. And we can make more content every week. Um, We do interviews. What else do we do? We do lots of fun stuff around here. We have a Facebook story, scary videos, shitty stories, Reddit stories real stories only though we try to really nitpick and choose which one we want to talk about you know oh, yes. to keep it real a hundred around here keep right, it a hundred keep it a hundred all right today's episode is going to be about casey anthony and the horrible person that she is yeah am i right ladies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh vicky's here in the chat hello vicky hey mom are we doing our, our normal thing? Yeah. Do you want me okay. to read it or you want to go? You want to do oh, your it's half? my turn first. Well, I mean, you kind of just did the first one. It is kind of. The right. first paragraph. Well, like I said, this is the Two Ghouls Podcast. We're your hosts, Sam and Katie. If you're new here, we'd love to sit down and read you some weekly stories, true stories surrounding terrifying paranormal experiences or real-life run-ins. In short, we're your weekly source of scared shitless if being utterly petrified by fear is your thing you've come to the right place if you're returning though hello again ghoul friend we're so glad you decided to come back for more disturbingly good content it sounds like we've got a good relationship going here we hope that if you're enjoying our content you'll help to sustain future episodes and financially provide us the opportunity to bring you even better content by searching our merch at what is our website we just bought it today two ghouls yeah bitch it's that simple type it in the search bar you can go grab yourself a two ghouls mug two ghouls sticker two ghouls shirt hoodies anything we got it all all of the designs are made by us um we so lovingly sweat over those designs (laughs) we we really try to bring you guys the best uh best uh wear that you can i'm actually wearing the intrigatillion shirt right now it's got an alien on the front so cute i wish i could show you the back but i'm gonna like mess up my whole mic setup if i do that i'm gonna knock everything over and i'm gonna make this live stream (laughs) the luck of this live stream even worse yeah so anyway don't test it if you do want to just like support the podcast and you're like merch is not your thing you can become a monthly patron of this podcast for your choice of 99 cent 4.99 or even 9.99 whichever price you choose your patronage will be used to help bring you even better episodes interesting guest greater quality and more you can find the link to that in the description of this live or by visiting the link on my instagram account at hey i'm katie ryan so i'm k-a-t-i-r-y-a-n all right 
Disclaimer, we are extremely aware of the fact that we're discussing real life instances with real people. It is something that we're very sensitive to. Please understand our commitment to respecting the human beings involved in these stories. If commenting or interacting with an episode of or our social media, slander of any kind regarding the people, whether they may be anonymous or not, will not be tolerated. Keep your opinions respectful or don't share them at all. It is that simple. Uh, if descriptive, supposedly true stories centering around gory real life topics, paranormal encounters, and, or anything surrounding extremely descriptive, true narratives involving terror, murder, sexual interactions, mental health, anything violent or potentially cruel in nature. We suggest that you get the fuck out. This podcast is not for you. Get the fuck out. And today's episode is very kindly sponsored by the lesson foundry. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Lesson foundry. We appreciate you. So Sam has worked tirelessly, has filled up an entire notebook worth of notes for this section of the podcast. It's one of my favorite sections. It gives me anxiety to do it, though, because I never (laughs) want to get anything wrong. And so I'm glad that this is like your section, like you take over it and you do so good with it. I can't wait for tonight. Yeah, it's all about Casey Anthony. So Sam, you take it away whenever you're ready. I'm just. Did we want to do horoscopes or no? yeah let's do okay. fucking horoscopes bro after you today, to pull it up? Like, yeah you pull it up my internet sucks right now <laughs> your computer was going giving on. you a hard time it's making me sweat and my armpits are itchy <laughs> <laughs> okay it's making I'm my armpit hairs tingling yeah we guys oh my god we had to like create a whole new link i had to create oh, a man. whole new live twice stream. twice i thought it was going to be three times but thankfully the zoom lord has allowed us to <laughs> through with the second one i guess which is uh, do you want me to screen share or do you want me to just read it to you screen share i want to look right. at it let me, t- right. let me take a peek if anybody wants their uh daily horoscope read drop your zodiac sign in the comments yeah let us know your zodiac so, 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 so. zodiac all right here cancer. we go don't be surprised if you're scolded by people who are upset about the way that you're handling certain things in your life. Most likely the people who <laughs> criticize you are the, are the most are the ones who understand you the least. <laughs> they are probably on a completely different wavelength than you. And it isn't your job to try and change them, nor is it your responsibility to change your ways because oh of that. Oh my God. It's complicated, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> you know what? I think that is probably one of the most accurate readings I've ever gotten. Thank you. Say, Especially for like, today. That was like spot fucking on. That was kind of weird. All right. Mine says, you may get frustrated when your list of tasks for the day just does not seem to get any shorter. <laughs> That's a mood every day. <laughs> You're more than, more than likely, this is due to, an, to unforeseen circumstances and unexpected interruptions that you basically have no control o- over children. you don't get (laughs) don't get upset at yourself because of things that you can't change make sure to leave extra time to do the things that you want because oh sorry yeah (laughs) we know that make sure to leave extra time to do the things that you want because the interruptions will continue throughout the day it's complicated but it doesn't have to be I mean, kind of, that's just kind of every day. It's kids. complicated, but it doesn't have to be. That was literally at the end of mine. Oh, yeah. The fuck? I'm a copycat, I guess. Oh, okay. So my mom said Scorpio and Sagittarius. Ooh. My dad's a Sagittarius. Is Keith a Sag? I yeah, he's that. a that. All right, mom. <laughs> Remember that no one can, I, literally just in here talking to my mom. <laughs> 
freaking loser. <laughs> I love Mom, my mom. Hey, this Remember is the family no one... reunion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember that no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. It might seem as if others are trying to show you up today with their knowledge about the world and how it should be run. Don't let them talk to you, talk you into believing that your thoughts and ideas are any less valid than theirs. At the same time, it's important for you to stay open-minded and accepting of other people's ideas. It's complicated, but it doesn't have, it doesn't to, have be. to be. <laughs> you right. remember that one, Keith. <laughs> okay, Dad. If you're still using the old shovel and rake out in the fields, now is time for, <laughs> to upgrade. Get that big piece of machinery that will plow all the acres in no time. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> is this an analogy or is it being So serious? get a leaf blower <laughs> is your horoscope. <laughs> In a nutshell, think about the ways in which you can be more efficient. Feel free to invest in those things that will help make your life easier and more comfortable. Most likely, the natural flow of the day will take you to exactly where you need to go. Unsure of your relationship? Get an accurate love and romance reading now. (laughs) (laughs) What does machinery have to do with (laughs) it? You want a fucking leaf blower? It's <laughs> like, is this an analogy? Go out and plow the acres. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm allergic to leaves. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That was good. That's good. Um, That's good. I like yeah. it. <laughs> oh, I oh, wanted man. to before I get into all of this. In the description, we put a link um, that if this story makes you feel compelled to donate to missing and or exploited children, there is a a link to the national website for missing and exploited children. So -hmm. you can go there to donate. It's called um, missingchildren.org, I believe, or missingkids.org. Just Mm -hmm. look in the description for that. Awesome. This is a really fucked up story. Yeah. So I guess here we go. All right. Let me move my keyboard back. So hopefully I don't drop my notebook on it and mute myself like I kept (laughs) doing in the cult video. All right. So August 9th, uh, 2005, Kaylee Marie Anthony is born. Um, Throughout Casey Anthony, her mother, uh, throughout her pregnancy, she denied being pregnant to several of her family members and Kaylee Kaylee's father's identity is still unknown. There was a possibility, which Casey said it was possibly this one specific guy and that he died in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And then the other possibility is Casey's fiance at the time. And his name was Jesse. Um, there's so we no, don't know who the baby daddy is. Then. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was nobody listed on her birth certificate and there was never like anything done to mm-hmm. prove who the dad is. Okay. Um, so that's just the, how old she was and, and all of that. So don't know who her dad is. And Casey Anthony was a single mom who lived with her parents, Cindy and George. So because Kaylee was a single mom, she stayed with her parents. Um, so now we're going to get into the actual case. And this part is going to go pretty fast. And then we'll get into the trial because there's not a whole bunch of information to talk about from 
when cops got involved up to the trial. Okay. So June 16th, 2008. So at this point, Kaylee is almost three. She's, um, she would turn three in August in two months after this. So June 16th, 2008, um, Casey and Kaylee live with their parent with Casey's parents in Orlando, Florida. And there was a supposed argument that happened on June 15th of 2008, which would have been father's day that year. Um, so the following day on June 16th, Casey takes Kaylee and leaves um, and refuses to try and resolve this issue that she had with her parents in person. I don't know Mm -hmm. what the fight was about, but she got into a fight with her parents on the 15th, 16th. She picks up Kaylee and leaves. The next documentation that I have is a month later on July 15th. Cindy and George, Casey's parents, um, find out that the family car that Casey drove, which was a Pontiac Sunfire, um, was towed to impound from being left abandoned at a check cashing place. So she left it abandoned because it ran out of gas at a check cashing place, check cashing place called tow truck. They impound it. They call George to come get it. Okay. George goes to the impound lot to get the car, and he says as soon as he opens the driver door, he was hit with the smell of human decomposition. Mm. Keep in mind, this is Florida summer, July, so this Mm -hmm. is the hottest time of the year. And he said, as soon as you open the door, it was like that undeniable scent of human decomposition. Now, George was a retired police officer. So this was not something that he was, you know, he had never smelt before. He was a retired cop. This was something that he had dealt with many, many times. Mm -hmm. So he knew what it was and he drives the car home. Mm. Cindy, when George gets home with the car, Cindy is tracking down Casey, finally tracks her down, gets her to come over to the house. No Kaylee. Kaylee's not with her. And apparently there was a bag of garbage that was in the trunk of the car that had rotting pizza in it and apparently had maggots in it as well. So Cindy, hello. What's up? Okay. Um, Cindy calls the police because at this point car smells like a dead body and um her granddaughter is nowhere to be found mm. so she makes three phone calls to 911 one of which she says um my daughter's car we just picked it up from impound it so- it smells like there's been a damn dead body in in the car that was the quote one of the other calls was that She said, my granddaughter's been missing for 31 days. We don't know where she is. And she is demanding that Casey be arrested in those 911 calls. So July 16th, the next day, the cops are trying to investigate to try and figure out where Kaylee is. And Casey says that the last time that she saw Kaylee was on June 9th. Um, with wow. Zanida, 
Zanny the nanny. That's like a so, month and a half ago. That's crazy. Right. So she says that the last time that she saw Kaylee was on June 9th, which, which is fucking bullshit because Cindy and George, they lived with Casey and Kaylee. They saw both of them on the 16th before she left in her like little fit of rage because they, you know, she was angry about their fight. They saw her leave with Kaylee. So her saying that she hasn't seen her since the ninth doesn't make any sense. But she says that she dropped off Kaylee with Zanny the nanny. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, who the hell is this Zanny the nanny lady? Where does she live? And so Casey gets in the car with police officers and directs them to this apartment complex. And also she's saying during this time that she didn't call the police to report Kaylee missing because she was scared that Zanny, the nanny was going to do something to hurt Kaylee. So that's why she didn't report her missing. So they get to this apartment complex. Casey gets out of the car, points to one specific apartment and says, that's it. That's her apartment. The cops walk up to the apartment. They look in the window. There's no furniture in the apartment. The apartment is empty. And she's like, yeah, that's the apartment. So the cops go to the apartment complex office and they're like, we're looking for Zenaida Gonzalez, I think is what her name is. Zanny the nanny. And they're like, and she's saying that she lives in this apartment. They're like, we haven't had anybody in that apartment since March. Oh my God. And then they're like, okay, well, maybe she got the apartment number wrong, like the specific apartment. Can you look up this name? They never had anybody by that name ever live in that apartment complex. Instant bullshit. That's yeah, crazy. instant, just like what instant the fuck? Calling her out. Yeah. So, um, during all of this, Casey says, Oh, yeah. I told two co-workers about this whole Zanny the nanny thing and Zanny not giving me Kaylee back. I told two of my co-workers about that. They can tell you that I told them about this, you know, weeks ago. Oh, my Lord. I'm like, okay, well, where do you work? She says, I work at Universal Studios. So the cops, unbeknownst to her, went to Universal Studios and talked to some guy that worked there. Mm. And they come back the next day and they bring Casey. Casey gets to the employee entrance and there's a desk with the security guard. And she's talking to the security guard like she knows him and making small talk or whatever. She doesn't. No, that's fucking crazy. She's really trying to keep up with this lie. Yeah, 100%. And so she's like. He's the security guard at the desk is like, yeah, we don't have anybody employed here under your name. And she's like, okay, well, here, here's my supervisor's name. Maybe there's some sort of mix up in the system. And he's like, there's no supervisor here of that name either. And so the guy that the cops talked to the day before, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Just go ahead and come on in. So Casey starts leading these cops down these hallways and she's waving to people in the hallway like, oh, hey, uh, Michael. And this guy's like, my name's like Nick or my name is Greg. And what the heck? Yeah, Everybody's like, looking the at her like she's crazy. But she's prancing through these hallways like she knows where the hell she's going. And she knows who the wow. hell these people are. Wow. Until she comes up on a dead end. 
And she kind of stands there and looks at the dead end of the hallway and then turns around to the cops and says, I don't really work here. Oh, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And then so the cops, they immediately arrest her. And they immediately arrest her under the um, charges of child neglect, lying to Mm -hmm. investigators and interfering with a criminal investigation. So they immediately take her into like an interrogation room and she and they're like come on kaylee like casey we know that you're lying like you've you've sent us around on this wild goose chase you're telling us this zanny the nanny bullshit you've taken us to universal which you obviously don't work there you've sent us on a a whole runaround we know that you know what's going on i don't know i don't know i don't know and they're like well you know we're gonna arrest you right and she's like well and they arrest the her. Fuck? Okay. Also, not to mention, she did at one point work at Universal two years prior to this happening. So when mm. Kaylee was like six months old or something, <laughs> not only did she lie to the police about working at Universal, her parents still thought that she worked at Universal. She would leave to go to work at Universal every day. And it was a lie. Wow. Wow. Crazy. That's a long ass lie. No, thanks. (laughs) So a couple days later on July 22nd, Casey is declared a person of interest and at a bond hearing. So cadaver dogs zeroed in on the odor of human decomposition in the trunk of Casey's car. Um, and in the Anthony family home, their backyard. So the cadaver dog, cadaver dog um, is marking the backyard and the trunk of Casey, Casey's car. And um, Cindy. Yes. Yeah, Cindy admits that. They saw Casey and Kaylee after June 9th because they saw her when she left on June 16th. So that was a fucking lie. Mm-hmm. So the judge sets the sets her bail at $500,000. And on August 20th, like a month later, Casey posts bond. It was a local bounty hunter who posts her bond, which since her bond was at, set at $500,000, he had to put up $50,000 in cash. So 10%, $50,000 in cash. And he said that the reason why he posted her bail was in hopes that Casey would lead cops to Kaylee. That was the only mm, reason. Okay. But on August 30th, the bond was rescinded because Casey was arrested again for stealing and cashing checks from a friend. So she stole and forged checks from her friend and was arrested while she was on bond and a person of interest for them, for her daughter being missing. Right, right. So people were so angry that there were literal fist fights going on outside of the Anthony home. Um, Understandably, honestly, that's really aggravating. 
one of the reasons why the cop rescinded her bond was not only because she got arrested again, but was because they were concerned about her safety because she went back to Mm. her parents' house and people were like mad. They were ready to go. But also she fucked up and ended up back in jail. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Hmm. So on October 14th, this is still 2008. Casey was charged with first degree murder, child abuse, aggravated manslaughter, and four counts of providing false information to law enforcement. 10 days later on August 24th, um, the report on Casey's car was released. There was a hair found in the trunk, similar to hair in Kaylee's brush and showed characteristics of decomposition. The air sample from the car also had decomposition chemicals. December 11th, the skeletal remains around were of Kaylee were found. Well, it wasn't confirmed Kaylee, but skeletal remains were found in a trash bag in a wooded slash swampy area, a half a mile from the Anthony home. And it was found by a man named Roy Cronk or Ray Cronk. Now, this guy, he was like um, a utility worker, and he said that he um, pulled over and kind of went into the woods to go to the bathroom while he was working. Um, He says that he could see the top of a human skull, and he wasn't 100% sure what it was, so he picked up a stick and tried to move the skull, which unbeknownst to him, he put the stick in the eye socket and moved the skull and then immediately called police. Wow. What you don't know straight off the back is that Ray or Roy, Mr. Crunk, he had been in the same area in the summer and, and called the police and said, listen, there's bones out here. Knowing that in this area, Kaylee is missing. And he's Hmm. like, listen, there's bones out here. And the police didn't do anything. What? And then so we went back to the same area in December and said, I found a human skull. And then they're like, oh, okay, we'll come check it out. What? Come and they didn't do Kaylee. anything. What come the to find fuck? out it's Kaylee months later. Oh, poor baby. I know. Oh. And the reason why I put wooded slash swampy area is because this specific area during certain times of the year would be really swampy and other times it wouldn't be. But in the summertime when Florida is getting rain every single day in the afternoon, it would be a really swampy, muddy area. Right. Yeah. And like I said, it was about a half a mile from the Anthony's house. So it was literally right in their backyard kind of. Mm. And um, so, yeah, he had called the police in the summer trying to convince cops to search and they didn't. December 20th, the remains were confirmed to be Kaylee's. There was no evidence of trauma in the bones. Like there was no um, nicks in the bones that could have been due to like a knife. Like if she were if she would have been stabbed where like the tip of a knife hit one of her bones. There was no broken bones or at least no bones that were broken before she died or while she was dying. Um, Her death was ruled a homicide of undetermined means. The skull was found with duct tape around the nose and the mouth 
and the jaw. So all mm. of this was duct taped and mm. there was no skin, no tissue, no nothing left on her bones. The, her bones were literally dried. Like if you were to go, um, like, you know, that place rest in pieces in um, in Richmond where they have like taxidermied stuff and you can buy, um, you can buy like bones and stuff that they are sun bleached. They have, they're not like gross or anything. They're just bones. Yes. Her bones were like that. There was nothing on really. That's how long her body had been there. So coupled with the swampy area, animals and the sun and the heat, there was nothing left. Her Mm. hair was gone. Like anything except for her bones was gone, which really made this case so difficult Mm. and not only was her body found kind of in a trash bag but some of her bones were strewn over 4200 square feet in this wooded area from animals so when they found her body parts of it were inside of two trash bags that and inside of a laundry basket so it's like she was put inside of a laundry basket then put inside of two garbage bags but her body was also wrapped in a blanket so wrapped in a blanket put in a laundry bag put inside of two garbage bags wow okay but that's how much like things had deteriorated over the time that she wasn't found right so um also that was in 2000 and eight now 2009 i'm not gonna go there yet i'm gonna start with the trial so sorry i'm like <laughs> going back and forth go. so i can't believe that she was that it was that long and that that many things had occurred what, a, what i know awful it's thing. crazy what an awful thing <clears throat> so Jury selection for the trial started almost three years after Kaylee's body had been found. And it was really, really hard to find an impartial jury. So they brought jurors from elsewhere. They couldn't find anybody in Orange County, Florida that didn't know about the case, hadn't heard all the media attention. They couldn't find anybody. So they had to get people from elsewhere. Wow. So the judge was convinced that they couldn't find people in Orange County that didn't know about the case. So they brought jurors from elsewhere and housed them in Orlando for the duration of the trial. Okay. Uh, because there was so much media attention with this case. And the public wanted to see Casey convicted of first degree murder because the public was convinced that she did this. I am. I think a lot of people are still to this day. Yeah. Jose Baez, which was Casey's attorney. So the defense attorney, he at this point was not a super experienced lawyer. Um, He was doing interviews almost daily proclaiming her innocence she, he was going on interviews and saying she is 100 percent innocent when we get into the trial you're gonna see like she's totally innocent you're gonna hear the story and you're just gonna be like oh it makes sense now she's innocent um most people thought that jose was in way over his head because right, he wasn't yeah. super experienced and he was out gloating about how Sounds she like was innocent was before trial even started. yeah Ooh, almost lost you <laughs> 
The judge was convinced. Oh, I already read that part. During trial, a certain number of seats were for the media and for the family members. And the rest of the seats were for the public. And the way that they were chosen of which public member was going to get the seat in the courtroom that day was by like a lottery or like a raffle. So people would line up outside of the courthouse starting at like three or four o'clock in the morning and get like a raffle ticket and wait to see if they would get chosen to sit inside what of court a that day. Spectacle. That's I know. Like baffling. Wow. And because there's like thousands of people outside of the courthouse every single day, of course that there there's physical fights going on outside of the courthouse, yeah. people arguing about who should go and you cut me in line and blah blah blah. Right. Um, let's see. So May 24th of 2011 trial begins. The judge allows Casey's parents, Cindy and George in the courtroom, despite that both of them were witnesses because they were their Casey's parents. They couldn't says the judge, they were not allowed to show emotion or any sort of reaction at all to anything that was said in court because they were witnesses. So they could not show any sort of being impartial to anything while they were there. I don't think I'd be able to do that. Oh, me either. I don't think I could. No, not at all. I'm just checking the group chat really quick. Oh, Jesus. Hello? (laughs) I did that earlier. I forgot to turn down the So in the opening statements, the lead prosecuting attorney explains to the jury that when you look at Casey's lies, her behavior, her car, the smell of human decomposition in her car, her neglect, all of that. When you put all of that together, there's no doubt that Casey murdered Kaylee. And they bring up a childhood friend of Casey. Her name is um Keel Marie Cruz. I think that's how you say her yeah. name. I'm, not, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. She's a childhood friend of Casey's. And she says that when Casey was pregnant with Kaylee, she was very open about the fact that she did not want to keep the baby. She mm. wanted to give Kaylee up for adoption. And Cindy, Casey's mom, said, absolutely not. And that was the oh, only reason why Casey kept Kaylee. This but, is why abortion is okay. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Is totally totally agree. Mm-hmm. Abortion is healthcare. Mm-hmm. So the prosecution uses information as a motive for Kaylee's murder. Was that from the very beginning, Casey didn't want to be a parent. So Jose Baez, Casey's attorney. So this is the defense quote in his opening statement says it's very simple. She was never missing. He says that in the morning on the morning of June 16th, the day that supposedly was the last day that everybody saw Kaylee, that Cindy went to work. George and Casey are home and looking for Kaylee. Can't find her. They're running around the house looking, trying to find her, calling her name. Don't see her. Can't hear her. They can't find her. And George goes outside into the backyard and finds 
Kaylee in the pool drowned. She drowned. And Casey then comes running out of the house to find George holding Kaylee's lifeless body. And he um, says that she she drowned. And Jose says that George began to yell at Casey and say, look at what you've done. Your mother will never forgive you for this. You're going to go to jail for the rest of your life for child neglect. This is the story that the defense is giving in their opening statements. Okay. Kaylee was never missing. She drowned in the pool in the backyard. Right. And that George was being verbally abusive towards Kaylee and they didn't know what to do. And that George buried Kaylee. So George the first disp- painting is of the dad, the dad, the grandpa being evil. Yes. Daddy doesn't like daughter because she can't be good enough as a mom. Gotcha. I guess that's the first painting we're seeing. Yeah. Grandpa. And so supposedly George disposed of Kaylee's body. Right. And yeah, he says that Casey begged George for help because she didn't know what to do. Her daughter's dad drowned in the pool and yeah. he, um, He helped Casey by disposing of her body and compared it to how George used to bury their family pets. This is all in the opening statement. I know it's gross. It's awful. So Jose admits that Casey is a liar, but he says the reason Casey is a liar is because she was taught from the time that she was a child to be a liar because she had to, because since she was eight years old, George started sexually assaulting her and everybody's like, Oh my God. Because nobody had heard this. Nobody had heard anything of this. And he's doing his opening statements. He's got a smile on his face while he's doing this. Cause he knew he just shocked the whole courtroom. Everybody's like, what oh my god so this lawyer thinks he's the shit Hmm. uh uh-huh so Mm -hmm. he says in the opening statement right after he says this he says quote she could be 13 years old have her father's penis in her mouth and then go to school and play with the other kids as if nothing ever happened oh my god disgusting that's awful so they, in his opening statement, he's painted the picture as, yes, Casey's a liar, but this is why, because she had to lie about her dad sexually assaulting her. And Kaylee died in the pool. Casey didn't know what to do. And George got rid of her body. Take all the blame off wow. of Casey. All the blame goes to dad. Yep. Mm. And so he said that her being deceitful was a habit because she had to live her life growing up lying. And this is why she continued to lie about Kaylee. Bullshit. That's crazy. First witness to the stand is George. So Mm. he denies ever molesting Casey when asked if he was present at the house when Kaylee died, he said no. And he said that hearing that story in the opening statements really hurt him. And in an interview in one of the pieces that I watched, Cindy says that the state's attorney's office called and told them that Jose was going to say that George sexually assaulted Casey. This was a couple of days before the trial started. They were warned by the state's attorney's office that this is what he was going to say. So at least to them, it wasn't 
a complete shock, but it is mm-hmm. still a shock because it's very shocking. Yeah. There's no evidence to prove that this is true. And I don't want to say like, oh my God, that's not true. There's no way, blah, 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 because there's no evidence to right. prove it or not. All I know is that Casey is a piece of shit liar. Right. So I don't know. Mm. So Cindy says in that interview that they were absolutely stunned and they had no idea where this story ever came from. George said that hearing that in the opening statement absolutely infuriated him. And Casey says in visits with her dad before court, you've always been the best dad and grand grandpa. I watched her in like the jail. They're on like the little jail oh, phone or whatever. Yeah. You know, like sitting across from each other, but they're that using the jail phone. And she's like, you've always been the best dad. You've always been the best grandpa. You've always been so supportive of me. I love you, dad. You're the best. Wow. That's not That's the way that you That's heartbreaking if this is not true. Exactly. Oh it's very manipulative. Wow. Because you want to know what? Casey knew. Casey knew that they were going to say that. And that's what she's saying to her dad mm. before it started. It's weird. Disgusting. That's so mm-hmm. weird. Mm. So when it's Jose's turn to question George, instead of asking about the sexual abuse or Kaylee drowning, he says, in June of 2009, you tried to commit suicide, right? And George is like, what? And then he's on stand. So he, he's under oath and he's yeah, like, he's yeah. Like, what the fuck am I he, supposed to say? Right. That? He's like, yeah. yes, I did. Wow. And so after Kaylee was found, George says that he could not function. He literally could not function. So he drove to Daytona, Florida, found the rattiest, shittiest motel that he could possibly find. And he took about 70 pills and drank as much beer as he possibly could. And he wrote a letter to his family, which was a suicide note. In the end, it said, I'm going to go be with Kaylee now. Oh, my God. I have to go be with Kaylee. Um, And he felt like he had failed Kaylee. And so the defense, Jose, tries to twist this suicide note and his suicide attempt to make it seem like George was trying to kill himself because he was sorry for and feeling guilty for his involvement in hiding Kaylee's body. So it wasn't because he lost his granddaughter. His granddaughter was missing for months and months and months. Then they found her body and that Mm. his daughter was in jail being charged with first degree murder. It's none of that that's causing him to have these thoughts and wanting to commit suicide. It's the fact that he is feeling so guilty and the hand that he played in disposing the body, Mm. which is just fucked to me. So the prosecution at this point starts with evidence and they start with the car. The car had ran out of gas and Casey left it at a check cashing place and it had been towed from there. George picked it up from impound and George says that when he opened the door, it was the worst smell that you could ever imagine. Mm. When police took custody of the car, it got into a forensic garage. So, you know, like one of those like big industrial garages that's like all metal. Mm -hmm. It went into one of those and the first thing all of the police notice when they walk into this forensic garage is the overwhelming smell 
of decomposition. Mm. So it wasn't just like at this point, it's like in the car and you smell it as soon as you get in the car. At this point, it's It's permeating through any closed space that this car is in. Wow. They brought in a cadaver dog um, or death dog. Some people call them that. And Mm -hmm. it alerted on the trunk, proving that there had been a body in the trunk. There was a stain the size of a child's body in the trunk liner or the carpet in the trunk. They took a sample of the trunk liner and sent it to a research scientist named Dr. Arfad Voss. He had been studying the chemistry of decomposition and he had developed a testing technique that can identify the presence of decomposition gases in a sample of air which is really cool wow that's awesome the sample of the truck liner was cut into like a little square like this big and it was sealed inside of an empty paint can and then it was sent to dr boss and the vapor from inside of the paint can was then um taken into like a test tube and then forced into this machine to test to see um, to separate the chemicals individually to be able to identify if there was decomposition gases in the air or in the trunk liner. So Voss testified as a witness because he's the one who did this testing. So Dr. Voss gets on the stand and he's asked if he had an opinion, if there was a decomposing body in the trunk of the car. And he says, I can find no other plausible explanation other than that, that there was a dead body in the car to explain the results that I found. And then was the hair analysis. So there was several of Kaylee's hairs found in the trunk of the car. But Mm. there was one specific hair that everybody kind of really focused on. They found a nine inch long untreated. So this was done by microscopic analysis. So untreated means that no perm, no hair dye. This hair had absolutely no chemicals ever put on it, which completely says, okay, this can't be Kaylee's hair and this can't be Cindy's hair. Because they both dyed their hair. This had to be Kaylee's hair. you said Kaylee, you mean Casey. Oh, yeah, yeah. It couldn't be Casey's hair and it couldn't be Cindy's hair because they had both dyed their hair. It had to have been Kaylee's. Had to. And so they also did mitochondrial DNA analysis on the hair, which is only something that you can get from uh, your mom. So they found mitochondrial DNA that linked the hair to a maternal relative of Cindy. So like I was just saying, it would have had to have been Cindy's Casey's or Kaylee's, but because it was untreated, that knocks out Casey and Cindy. So it this had to have been incredible. Wow. I know it's wild, like, right? What a crazy world we live in that we can. And do the thing is, is that they had to do this like lengthy um, type of analysis on stuff because otherwise there was nothing. Hmm. There was no evidence aside from this because her body was. Gone. I mean, that's pretty damning, though, the evidence right. that we do. Have. Well, and the craziest thing about it is that there's this thing called a decomposition band, which is a dark brown band on the hair shaft close to the root. And it's basically when you die and your hair is attached to your body, 
each hair on your head has the potential to get this decomposition band where a band on your hair close to the shaft gets darker because it's attached to your head while the body is in the starts of decomposition. Wow. An otherwise normal living person would not have this band in their hair. So if you're brushing your hair in your brush, your hairs in the brush aren't going to have this band, but you die and your body starts to decomp. It's going to have these dark bands at the root. This is actually incredible to learn. Wild. Wild. Yeah. And so it was that same untreated nine inch long hair that had this decomposition band. And we already know that it had to have been Kaylee's because it was untreated. So the prosecution needed to get a cause of death to be able to charge for first degree murder. This is one of the most important things to be able to charge somebody with first degree murder and find them guilty is a cause of death being that Kaylee's body was just dried bone. That's it made this so hard. It was nearly impossible. However, Dr. Voss had a singular, very unique and unusual finding in the trunk liner air sample. So not only was there the presence of decomposition gases, there was also the presence of an extremely high amount of chloroform. Now, chloroform is a naturally occurring gas, and it is found in certain places, and it is found in decomposition. However, when he did this analysis, the chloroform amounts were, like, ridiculously high. Wow. So it is a product of decomposition, but, like, not nearly at the levels that came back from the test. So the prosecution's theory was that Casey used chloroform to knock Kaylee out. And so they looked at the Anthony home computer and there were search. There was a search on Google of how to make chloroform. And this gave the indication of premeditation to back up the first degree murder charge because first degree murder is premeditation. Right. That's how you get first degree. So this gave the indication of premeditation. And they're like, see, this that search happened in March on the computer. So damning. It's like, and, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> it's like, duh. Well, oh and God. see, this is, is something that happened with the prosecution. When they originally looked at the Anthony Home computer, it said that chloroform or how to make chloroform had been searched 84 times. Turns out that that wasn't true. It was a software error and it had actually only been searched once. So the prosecution presented this evidence as like, look, this this was searched 84 times. You're going to tell me that this wasn't premeditated? And the defense comes back and goes... This is a software error. Not even like paying attention to the fact that it was even searched in the first place. Well, the thing is, is that Cindy took the rap for it. She said, oh, my dog, my dogs were eating um, my bamboo plant and I wanted to make sure that nothing was toxic. So I went on Google and started looking up chlorophyll and then autofill, you know, like autofill started to say chloroform and I got curious. And so I clicked chloroform. So it was me. Mm -hmm. We'll get back to that later. We'll get back to that. 
That's interesting. So Dr. G was the, um, that's just what she calls herself, Dr. G. I don't know what her actual last name is. She's the medical examiner. And she says on the stand that the fact that the body was tossed in a wooded swampy area in garbage bags shows how it was trying to be hidden. They looked at the bones under a microscope looking for trauma. Um, They found no indication. There was gray duct tape over the lower half of the jaw, the nose, the mouth, and the jaw. So all of this, imagine this on a, on a almost three-year-old, very small area. Um. Okay, so there was tape over the lower half of the jaw, the nose, and the mouth, the um the skull and mandible, which is this this part of the jaw, okay. are literally still together in one unit. So there's nothing holding gotcha. this on. There's nothing holding your mandible on. That should Once just you- go pop right. Exactly. Gotcha. Once you completely okay. decomp like that. There's no reason why your mandible should still be attached. Right. But the duct tape still being attached is what held held it on. Yeah. So the assumption is, is that the duct tape had to have been there before the body started to decompose. So the duct tape had to have been used in the murder. Mm. So it all makes sense. She said that she had never seen um, she had never seen the jaw still attached in anything that she had ever done during decomposition. It was held in place by the duct tape. Prosecution uses that information to show that the duct tape had to have been placed, had to have played a role in Kaylee's death and proves that she was murdered because she didn't put duct tape on her own tape on her own face. Yeah, absolutely not. And Dr. G says on the stand, no child should have duct tape on their face when they die. And there is no reason to put duct tape on their mouth after they die, which I thought mm. made a lot of sense. <laughs> um, Dr. G concludes um, that it is a homicide because the body was dumped in a swampy area inside trash bags and with duct tape on her mouth. That's how she came up with the homicide. Um, conclusion, even though there was uh, not enough of a body to be right. able to give like an actual cause of death. That's why it's homicide via undetermined whatever. Right. That makes sense. So the prosecution created a graphic video to really get the jury to grasp what Kaylee's death would have looked like. So it began with her and Actually, I think it's the picture that you use in the thumbnail. They use that picture smiling at the camera and um, it slowly morphed into like decomposition and then into uh, the cadaver face that they found. So basically the skull with the duct tape on it. So it morphed from Kaylee, like her normal self smiling all the way through decomposition, what it would have looked like throughout the whole thing up into a skull. Awful. So it was confirmed that because she was so young and small, they had somebody come on the stand and say that, yes, there absolutely could have been one singular piece of duct tape that could have covered this whole thing because she was so little he was so tiny um and george at that point said that he had to leave the room he got up and left the courtroom oh i would have i would have died i couldn't i wouldn't be able to handle handle it. it so the prosecution brings their theory together 
last day that Kaylee was seen in the afternoon, Casey renders Kaylee unconscious with chloroform. She put duct tape over her mouth and nose so that she couldn't breathe. And she died unconscious or like asleep because of the chloroform. She wrapped her up in a Winnie the Pooh blanket, put her in a laundry basket and put the basket into a couple trash bags, then put her in the trunk of her car and went to her boyfriend's, then eventually dumped her body. That's the prosecution's idea of what happened. I Which, believe it. It makes sense. It makes yeah. sense with the evidence that they had. Yeah, absolutely. And the prosecution moves to show how Casey was living a new life in the 31 days before the police were called. They all, um, they call Tony Lazaro to the stand, which was Casey's boyfriend at the time. Um, and this is who Kaylee was with the entire time that this is who Casey was with the entire time while Kaylee was missing before she went back to Cindy and George's house on July 15th or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to show I'm going to screen share just for a second. No, infamil. Thank you. Oh, infamil. Uh, here we go. I'm going to show. Just a couple of like, okay. Okay. This is a picture of Casey. This is like one of the most infamous pictures of her. This is while this is her uh, boyfriend at the time, Tony, Mm -hmm. I believe. And this is one of the infamous pictures of her out partying while Kaylee is missing and come to find out is dead. Isn't that scary? She's out partying. Horrifying. It's literally like I can't comprehend what the fuck is going on. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, here we go. Again, more pictures. Grinding and dancing with another girl. Yeah. Out partying while her daughter is missing. And at this point, she's the only, supposedly, the only one that's supposed to... um, The only one that supposedly knows that Kaylee is actually missing. Because she didn't tell anybody. She didn't call the police. But uh, it's just mm, fucking mm, frustrating. Mm, I don't get it. <clears throat> so Tony, the boyfriend at the time, says that he was with her on June 16th, the last day that anybody saw Kaylee. They went to Blockbuster. There's security footage of that. And they rented two movies. Um, Tony says that Casey was happy and having a, quote, grand old time and that she never cried. She never acted scared or ever said that Kaylee went missing. Hmm. So another guy, his name is Clint. And at this point he was Tony's roommate. So he says that Casey started spending a lot of time, um, a lot of time at the house in the beginning of June. So a lot of time at their shared house at the beginning of june both him and tony were djs at this time and they threw parties every single friday and casey would come one friday uh that they promoted a quote hot body contest and that's where the infamous pictures of katie partying uh katie casey partying came from in the blue dress the ones that i just showed right while Kaylee was missing. So this was during a hot body contest that her boyfriend and his roommate were throwing. And that's what she decides to do. 
So the prosecution also calls a tattoo artist. His name is Bobby Williams. It's kind of insignificant. They call him to the stand and they, Bobby says that while Kaylee was missing, Casey got a tattoo and the tattoo said Bella Vita, which in Italian is beautiful life. So while her daughter is missing and actually dead, she went and got a tattoo that says beautiful life. So the prosecution is using all of this information to piece together. See, she is supposedly the only person at this time that knows that Kaylee is missing. Yeah. And she's out living her life. This is what she wanted because, you know, at the beginning Mm. they said she never wanted to be a mom anyways. Yeah. This was great. She was having a great time. So they, with all of that information, they rest their case. And it turns over to the defense. So Jose Baez, defense attorney, claims that the entirety of the prosecution's case is built on them asking the jury to imagine, quote, fictional science. So with the car, um, there had been a bag of garbage in the car. Uh, Jose says that she forgot to throw it out and that the Florida summer heat caused the stench because the contents of the trash bag was festering for days while the car was abandoned and at the impound lot. Bullshit. Which is fucking bullshit. Listen, rotting pizza in the shit that I watch as well. These cops are like, listen, I understand that rotting food, especially with maggots, that stuff that's been festering in the sun, it can smell really bad. But it doesn't smell like a decomposing body. Nope. Nope. So the defense calls Cindy, the mom, up to the stand. And um, so remember that Cindy said in one of the 911 phone calls that it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Something is wrong. Yep. Then when talking to the police later when they're like interviewing her. She then says that there was rotting pizza with maggots in the trash bag that was still in the trunk of the car. And Cindy said on the stand that she didn't believe that it was rotting flesh that could have caused the smell. She said that her saying that to the 911 operator was a ploy to get the cops involved because she had just found out that Kaylee was missing. So when you're hysterical, you're going to say whatever you can think of to get them there as quickly as possible. That's what she said. In an earlier interview, like in the, like in 2001, you're going to say whatever to yeah. get the cops there as quickly as possible. Um, You don't think that you saying my granddaughter has been missing for 31 days and nobody has reported yeah. her missing isn't going to make me like, what the fuck? Yeah. Agreed. When you yeah. put it like that. Yeah. Makes complete sense. I totally understand. Like. If your kid was missing for 12 hours and they're like, oh, well, it's got to be 48 hours before we can do an Amber Alert or something like that. We can't do a missing person's case or something until they've been gone for two days. And you're like, it's not normal for them to be gone for 12 hours. So what do you do? Say the car smells like a dead body has been in it. Right. Your granddaughter had been missing for over a month. Right. There was no extra that you had to put in there to make cops be concerned. It wasn't necessary. Exactly. So the defense also then tries to discredit Dr. Voss, the guy who came up with the technology to test the air and stuff. Um, they try to discredit his testimony because it was his first, first court testimony of this kind. This procedure that he created at this time was not a procedure that was used in any crime lab, crime lab in the country or elsewhere. This was not... 
this type of scientific evidence had never been used in court before. And Jose made sure that the jury knew that. And Jose was trying to discredit Foss entirely by using if the scientific testing and procedure he uses relies on chemistry. He says, yes. So he asked Voss, does the testing that you do rely on chemistry? And he's like, yes. And he says, you're not a chemist. And he is like, no. And then Jose goes, well, you tell the jury what you have your PhD in. And he says, anthropology, which <gasps> anthropology is That's still study of humans correct yeah it's like what makes us human and it's a broad approach to understanding like the human experience and like okay what has caused us to evolve the way that we have it's still like science still somewhere in there but it's not chemistry oh yeah and you know he's like you're discredited you're done yeah you're done well and the fact that like this type of testing not used for any sort of crime anything ever And also this guy never testified in court and it had never been used in any, like it hadn't been, it hadn't been used in solving anything at this Mm, point. I don't know if it has been now. It very well could be maybe now, but back in 2008 or nine, right. When the prosecution chose this guy and didn't have anything else to back it up with, they didn't have any other scientists or chemists come in and look at this stuff. Somebody that the jury can actually count on and has credibility is tested in court more than once, who's helped solve a crime more than once. If they had somebody come in and back up what Dr. Boss said, I think this court case would have gone very differently. Mm. Like, because that was their best piece of evidence. And right, and Jose just completely discredited the whole thing. Anything that that guy said at that point was just out the window for them. So at that point, Jose like literally laughed. He he basically laughed at Voss and made a joke of how absurd it was to ask the jury to view this info as scientific evidence, even though that Voss had spent his whole life studying this stuff. Mm. And it, like, oh my god, you're measuring air from a can. Like, how ridiculous. Like, that's the way that they put it. How stupid, you know? I see. So, Jose says that finding chloroform in the car wasn't noteworthy because in low quantities, it's a very common compound found in in cleaning products. Or, Hmm. I mean, it is found in lots of things. So, saying that it wasn't a big deal. And the testing showing that there was very large amounts and it wasn't reliable anymore, I guess. Hmm. So the computer searches, Cindy says on the stand for the defense that she was looking up chlorophyll and that prompted her to look up chloroform because of the autofill. And prosecutors say that it would have been impossible for Cindy to have made the searches because her work record showed that she was at work at the time of the searches Hmm. so cindy got up up there and fucking lied because they had like her time cards from work where she was there and clocked in damn so it's like listen lady we know that you weren't there (laughs) how did you do that how did you make a computer search if you weren't fucking there it doesn't make Mm -hmm. any sense Mm So, again, those were made in March. So that was three months before Kaylee went missing. If they, I guess the jury just didn't give a fuck about that at that point because everything else had kind of been 
discredited. Um, but that just proves premeditation right there. Three months before she goes missing. Prosecution shows um, the time cards that show Cindy was at her office at the date and time of the internet searches. And she says, if those computer entries were made, those computer searches were made, I made them. I was home. That sounds like something a mother would say to protect their kids. Yep. Listen, if it's there, I did it. That's some shit I would say yep. to, to protect my kid. Yep. Not even going to lie. Right. Same here. Her changing up her story about the car smell and the searches was in hopes to take the take the eyes off of Casey and save her ass. That's my personal speculation and the, the speculation of others. But I'm saying, well, I agree. Yeah, she was literally just way. trying to take the eyes off of Casey. It sounds that way. Yeah, it does. So, the defense then turns to Roy or Ray Cronk. Um, the man who found Kaylee's skeletal remains. Um, he admits that he stuck a stick into the eye socket of Kaylee's skull and lifted it up. Jose uses this information to say that the whole scene and all of the evidence there where the body was found was contaminated because Kronk lifted the skull with a stick. So he says anything from the scene, everything about the body, the trash bags, the laundry basket, the blanket, none of that matters because he contaminated the scene. So you have to throw all of that out. You can't even, you can't even look at that. You can't even act like you know it because it's all bullshit because he contaminated the scene. Damn, damn. So the defense then calls Dr. Werner Spitz. A veteran pathologist, he testified to Congress in the JFK murder and in the O.J. Simpson case. Wow. So this is who the defense calls somebody with like a very prestigious background, right? Mm-hmm. He conducted his own autopsy on Kaylee's bones, and he says that because the body is completely skeletonized, it was impossible to say that. Uh, to say where the duct tape was on the body, he says that there should have been her DNA on the side uh like the inside of the tape sure. that was stuck yeah. and on the outside of the duct tape there should have been whoever placed it their DNA sure makes sense right um yeah. and he said that he found no DNA on the duct tape really? the body was missing for huh. six months Lead prosecutors say in an interview that it's absolutely ludicrous to assume that the heat and water in the swamp and whatever other elements, including animals, um, that the body was exposed to could disintegrate all of the skin, all of the tissue, everything on the body except for bone, but not destroy DNA on a piece of duct tape. You're going to tell me that the elements can destroy this entire body to basically like almost fossilize her bones, but it's not going to get rid of the DNA on a piece of duct tape. Of course it is. After six months, you know, after a week or two or whatever, then yeah, there's definitely still going to be DNA there. But after six months, no. Right. 
So Spitz disputes the cause of death and the homicide ruling because of how decomposed the body was. Mm, And to be found guilty of murder, you have to prove that somebody was murdered. And at this point, the defense has raised a reasonable doubt that um, of the foundation of the case, because one guy saying Dr. G is saying, oh, has to be murder because there's duct tape on the on the face. The body was dumped in the woods and the skull and the jaw had a piece of duct tape on it. Then you've got this other guy who's very prestigious, been in the JFK murder trials in the OJ Simpson case. And he's saying not enough evidence to say murder. I don't care about the duct tape. I don't care about the way that the body was found. There's not enough evidence. Technically, he's fucking right. Exactly. And so at this point, all that Jose needed to do was for every little piece of evidence, every little part of the prosecution's case was to plant a seed of doubt about every little thing. So with the car, he planted the seed of doubt with Dr. Voss. He discredited him and said, you're not a chemist. This has never Mm. been used in court before. This has never been used in solving a crime before. There's a seed of doubt there. And then with the computer searches, Cindy did it. There's the seed of doubt. And then Lord. you put a seed of doubt in the foundation of the case saying, can't say that there, that it's murder. It's too decomposed. You've just won that whole case. Damn. That's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. So then they move on to Casey's character and the defense calls um, the same witnesses and used how they said that um, she didn't have a care in the world or acted like she had a missing or dead daughter to help the defense because the daughter was with the nanny. But this is what didn't make sense to me when I was listening to this. You said in your opening statements that Kaylee drowned on the 16th. And then you turn around and you're using the testimony for all of these people who are saying, oh, she, um, you know, she didn't have a care in the world while all of this time that Kaylee's missing. And Jose's like, well, of course she didn't have a care in the world. She was with the nanny. Hmm. I thought you said she drowned. Mm. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Interesting. I was so confused when I saw that. It was like, it's weird. Danny and I had like a 15 minute long conversation about it. And he was <laughs> like, well, he's just, he's going with what the prosecution says. He's just going with, with what they say, because that's what he's trying to disprove. And I'm like, I guess, but what a headache. I don't know. Mm. So all the witnesses said that Casey was a good mom and that nobody ever saw her be abusive or neglectful. And the defense shows um, single motherhood wasn't as hard on Casey as it was for other single moms because she had her parents help and um, they, she had her, their help with money, with childcare, housing, et cetera. So she didn't have a motive to want to be child free so bad that she'd kill Kaylee because if she really wanted to be child free, she'd just give her to her parents. I can't believe how much sense this is making. I know it's frustrating how much sense it makes. Oh my God. But I wanted to be fair and give both sides of the defense and the prosecution because both of it makes sense. This bitch got lucky on technicality. She really did. And, you know, she got lucky in the fact that nobody found Kaylee before they did. That's the only thing that she got lucky on. No, because if they would have found her sooner, she would have been fucked. She would have been damned like she should because 
the thing is, is that the laundry basket that Kaylee's body was in, they found through like Walmart or something that those laundry baskets were only sold in pairs. They found the other laundry basket in Kaylee's room at the really? Anthony home. They found that her whole room was decorated in Winnie the Pooh. Her body was oh, wrapped in a Winnie the Pooh blanket. Poor baby. God, that's so hard. And she was ha- less than half a mile, maybe a quarter of a mile away from the backyard. Unbelievable. Mm. So Casey Anthony's sexual assault by her dad is never brought up in the trial. There's no evidence. There's no evidence of Kaylee drowning. And it never brought anyone. They never brought anyone to the stand to try and talk about either one of those claims. It was literally just a bombshell to grab the jury's attention in opening statements. They never talked about George sexually assaulting her. They never talked about Kaylee potentially drowning in the pool. Wow. Because there was no evidence. So they never brought it up. They just wanted to plant a seed in the jury's head from the very jump. Mm. I got to say, Jose played it really, really, really smart. This is so frustrating. I'm so fucking pissed off. So the judge um, in the closing statements forbade Jose from talking from directly addressing the sexual assault because it's like listen you did this in your opening statement and then it wasn't in the trial at all because you didn't have enough evidence don't you dare bring it up in the closing statement don't you do that again yeah because he had no proof so and the defense closing statement they're like when where how did kaylee die like how and he shows a picture of kaylee at the backsliding of when she's alive, she's at the backsliding glass door and she's got her hand on the door and she's opening the door and you can see the pool in the back with a ladder going up to the pool. And she said, and he's like, there you go. That's how she died right there. And that's his closing statement. Wow. And the prosecution is, is showing the pictures in their closing statement. They're showing the pictures of Kaylee out partying, showing pictures of her tattoo. And they're like, you know, who benefited from Kaylee dying? She did. And yep. that's, that's their closing argument, which Jesus. is crazy. That is so unfortunate. So the trial lasted 33 days. And on July 5th of 2011, the jury deliberated for 11 hours, which is really short, especially for mm. a first degree murder charge is really wow. short. And Belvin Perry, he was the ju- the presiding judge in this case. He said that he had to read the verdict papers twice to make sure that it said what it said. And he handed it back to the spokeswoman of the jury to read the verdict. And she was found not guilty of first degree murder aggravated manslaughter not guilty aggravated child abuse not guilty she was found guilty of four misdemeanors which were four counts of providing false information to law enforcement in the beginning in the investigations when she sent them on the wild goose chases Mm. cindy says that she felt at peace with the verdict she said in an interview that she was like she had prayed to god and asked god you know 
God, if, if Casey did this, if Casey did this to Kaylee, you know, you, you send her to jail for the rest of her life. You give her the verdict that you deserve. And so when she was found not guilty, Cindy felt at peace and she didn't think that Casey had anything to do with it. And what about Kaylee? Is she at peace? Right. Jesus Christ. So outside of the courtroom, people are pissed. I mean, pissed. I'm, there would I'm be people pissed. outside be with this, them. Right. There was people outside with signs with Kaylee's picture on it saying Casey's a baby killer. She was nicknamed the uh, country's or world's most hated mom. Like everybody hated her. Everybody was mad at Casey and at the jurors at this point. And the jurors, uh, the jurors were saying that they got like emails and death threats and stuff. And there was one juror that I watched. She said that he got over a thousand emails of death threats or telling him to like kill himself. And he said in an interview, I'm not saying that she was innocent. I'm saying that the prosecution didn't do their job. They didn't prove their case. So even him, he didn't believe that she was innocent, but they didn't have enough evidence to go off of to convict her first degree murder. And the thing is, is that they went for first degree murder. So murder with premeditation and they went for the death penalty, which you screwed yourself with going with such intense stuff. When you don't have all of the evidence, you fucked yourself. Yeah. And now look, now she's walking free. God. So, um, and so let's see. Oh, Casey got released because of time served. So she would have had a, she got, um, sentenced one year for each charge. She had already been in jail for like three and a half years and she was, she got out on good behavior. So she got out like 10 days after her, her, uh, acquittal last. Wow. So, uh, let me. I'm going to share my screen again for a minute. Oops, I didn't. And she might be fucking free, but not technically. I know, right? (laughs) So okay, I'd never be able to leave my fucking house. What a piece of shit! I want to show. Oh gosh, okay. Let's see. People with ADHD. People with ADHD. Save ten hours studying with this current. I'm going to mute the ad, but. Let's hope that I won't get copyrighted. I think it's 26 seconds. And then I'll pause it and tell you what we're looking at. Okay. So what we're looking at is an interview. So this is Cindy. This is George. And they are um, visiting Casey in jail. And this is them telling Casey that people are saying that Kaylee is dead. And I want y'all to hear and look at what this bitch says and tell me that this bitch didn't have something to do with her daughter's murder. Here we go. We're not doing well, Kate. Someone just said that Kaylee was dead this morning. Surprise, surprise. Fucking bitch. What? Rolls her eyes. Surprise. What? Surprise, surprise. surprise. Are you kidding me? Bitch. Bitch. Oh my God. I would have, I would have tried to like fucking die right there. And then if I found out my kid was gone, was dead or missing, I would be fucking hysterical. Holy shit. Wow. Like there's no words for human garbage. Oh, there's no fucking words for that. 
So after Casey gets released from prison, she started living with one of her attorneys and she stayed at like a church for a while, like lived at a church. Like they had some sort of services that they offered people. Okay. The actual Zanida Gonzalez, so the person that she said was the nanny. Zanny the nanny. Right. There was somebody of that name. They did not match the description. She was like 50-something years old, but she had that name. Everybody's upset and looking for this person, and you've got the oh name that she yeah, made up. That's unfortunate. <laughs> exactly. She sued Casey for slandering her name, but the case was dismissed. The company that spit a bunch of money searching for Kaylee for months sued Casey and that ended in a settlement. Casey ended up filing for bankruptcy because she literally had no money and couldn't pay these things. In May of 2016, actually before I read this, because this is very information, a very interesting information. It's very information. information. I am going to read just a little tidbit of an interview. Don't let me forget that we have to do the lesson foundry. I'm finishing up, yeah, but we're going to do yeah. the lesson yeah. foundry here soon. Okay. We'll, we'll end with that. I don't mind because yeah, I've, yeah. I've already gotten almost all the way through. So this was an interview with the Associated Press. I can't show the video because of copyright. Um, this was six years after her acquittal. So this would have been in 2017. Um, nine years after Kaylee died, the interviewer says, um, to your knowledge, do you think, how do you think that Kaylee died drowning? Possibly Casey says, everyone has their theories. I don't know. And the interviewer is like, so your parents had her, my dad did. And the interviewer says, and the next thing you know, she's missing, right? She says, I did what I was told. I don't remember too much of what happened. Give me the situation of when things went wrong. When did things go wrong? All of a sudden, it was like, where's Kaylee? Is that how it went? No. What I remember is being in bed, my mom coming in before she left for work and saying bye to us, and then waking up a couple of hours later and not knowing where Kaylee was. Don't you wish you know what happened? Absolutely. Kaylee would be 12 this year. What would she be like right Mm. now? And she says, a total badass, and then laughs. I would like to think that she'd be listening to classic rock and playing sports and not taking shit from anybody. I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about me. I don't care about that. I never will. I'm okay with myself. I sleep pretty good at night. Wow. Gross. Disgusting. So in May of 2016, The bankruptcy case that Casey filed uncovers information. Dominic Casey was a private investigator for Casey's defense team, and he released documents about behavior that he witnessed between Casey and Jose Baez. He alleged that Jose Baez had complete control over the case and that Casey was compliant. He said that Baez set up a media interview for Casey, and at the last minute, she didn't want to do it. She begged him to cancel. He did cancel, and the repayment, based on Dominic's documentation, said that Jose said to Casey, now you owe me three blowjobs. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
And Dominic said that the relationship between Casey and Jose escalated and became more inappropriate. Dominic said that once he came into Jose's office and Casey was running out the door naked and she was laughing. Whoa. Mm hmm. So she was fucking her fucking lawyer. Nice. That's what he says. That's, That's the what theory. Dominic says. Jesus. Dominic Christ. says that Casey admitted to paying off her legal fees and sexual favors because she had no money to pay him back. I turned off. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I'm here. No, hello. Continue. <laughs> and Dominic also says that when Jose hired him, he quote hired him not to find missing Kaylee, but to find her body. That's what Jose told him. Dominic said, quote, Baez told me that Casey had killed Kaylee and dumped her somewhere and he needed all the help that he could get to find the body before anyone else did. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. And they began strategizing a defense theory. And as a private investigator, Dominic looked at the picture of the Anthony's home, saw the back glass door, and he saw the ladder left on the pool, and he came up with the story. So Dominic is saying that I'm the private investigator and he needed me to do a job. He needed me to come up with a story. I came up with a story. I gave it to him and he ran with it. Wow. Jose and Casey deny all of this information. And Cindy, Casey's mom, she still believes the defense's story of Kaylee drowning accidentally. Mm. And she thinks that Casey is the one who panicked and dumped her. She doesn't think that George still, he, she doesn't think that George dumped her. She thinks that she drowned in the pool. Casey panicked and then she dumped her. Right. Now, George, he does not believe that Kaylee drowned. He says that she was super healthy. She was a super healthy kid, but there were times that she'd sleep for like 12, 13, 14 hours randomly. And he said that from one day to the next, she could be totally different. Like one day she'd be super happy go lucky. And the next day she'd be super groggy with like, um, like bags under her eyes. And so he thinks that Kaylee was Casey was giving Kaylee medicine to get her to sleep for long periods so that she could go out and party. Awful. Awful. And he said that Casey used to hang out with people who were doing street drugs and prescription drugs, including mm-hmm. drugs like Xanax. Mm-hmm. So the whole Zanny the nanny thing was her drugging Kaylee with Xanax. Oh, my God. So that she could go out and party. I believe that. I I do, too. That's what I believe. What a piece of shit. And so George thinks that he... uh, George thinks that Casey just gave her Xanax one night and went out to party, and she came back, and she was gone. Wow. The craziest thing... Is that George and Cindy, they believe two completely different things. George has no relationship with Casey, doesn't want a relationship with Casey, doesn't want anything to do with her. Cindy, she has an okay relationship with Casey, talks to her every once in a while. They're still married. 
they how still would, lived. I was gonna ask you that. How the fuck are you still married to someone that believes that shit? No, no idea. That's a complete I have no opposite. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like, what the heck? It's wild. Um, Ooh. this case is a lot. It's it's a lot to take in. We're almost done. It's awful. Um, So really, at this point, Casey is the only person who has the whole story, the only person that could provide closure or any sort of additional evidence or information of this case is Casey. But Florida laws were changed after this case um, to make child neglect a felony charge with a maximum sentence of up to 20 years, because at this point. There was a misdemeanor child neglect and a felony child neglect. And yeah. So mm. now you can get up to 20 years for child neglect, which is a good thing. That's awesome. And I'm going to show a couple more things and then we'll be done while well, we'll do our, our lesson foundry thing and then we'll be done. So let's see. This is like a recent ish update on Casey. <clears throat> so she returns to her partying ways, lives, lives in denial about her past. Casey Anthony started going out more and is trying to put her notorious past behind her. A source tells people the Florida woman who was famously acquitted of murder in 2011 for the death of her two-year-old daughter, Kaylee has lived a low key uneventful life in the South Florida home of one of private investigators who worked on her case. But now the 33-year-old is resuming a busy social life and reportedly doesn't care what people say about her. She believes that she's done her penance. And now she's partying. She's dating around, meeting new people, and finally creating a social life. She describes her old life as a nightmare. All of it. Kaylee's disappearance, the trial, her relationship with her parents. She lives in in denial a lot of the time, pretending that everything that happened didn't happen. She began dating a man last year, but the relationship has cooled. She wasn't really ready to settle down. That's not what she is looking for now. And I think that's it on this. Oh, saying like when people talk shit about her, she's fighting back now. She used to avoid people, but now she calls them psycho haters and is defiant about them. She says things like they need to go get over me. And she hasn't completely discounted the possibility of having more kids. So in a 2017 interview with Associated Press, she said that she was unlikely to have more children. Quote, if I am blessed enough to have another child, if I'd be dumb enough to bring another kid into this world, knowing that there'd be a potential that some little snot-nosed kid would then say something mean to my kid, I don't think I could live with that, she said. But 18 months later, she softened her stance and said for a long time, she was like, no way. An insider told, told people, but time has changed that. And now she's open to it in a way that she hasn't been before. She works as a researcher for her private investigator. Also, she can't be a private investigator because of, whoa, whoa, whoa. She can't get a private investigation license because of everything that she's been through. So she looks, she works as a, right. So now she works as a researcher. That's crazy that she's still in such cahoots with the people that were with her on her case. Oh, and she, she literally was still living with the guy up until 2000, like last year, 2021. I don't know if she's still living with him. All I know is that they sold the house that they were living in together for over a million dollars last year. That is bizarre. Wow. Um, the person that was talking to people about 
Casey says that um, Casey and Cindy began wearing matching necklaces that contained Kaylee's ashes and small vials. Um, and they confirmed last year that um, Casey no longer wears hers. Which oh, is fucked. And this is an article about a about her she's been gambling at underground poker games and partying non-stop casey goes to these poker uh these poker parties after dark another source who plays cards with anthony tells in touch weekly she meets up with six or eight of her friends and they all sit around the table covered in a green cloth cloth with cards in their hands and drinking beer uh, she seems to be a real risk taker and thrill seeker poker makes her feel alive and that's why she goes loves to gamble i have no idea uh where she gets the money from because as far as i know she doesn't have a proper job i heard yep. the private investigation company she set up isn't successful the source goes on pat made a ton of money from selling the house talking about the private investigator she lived with so it's possible that she's using his money but she can somehow afford to gamble and here's her at a gas station damn where'd your neck go <laughs> yeah what the heck i was looking at that too it was like her neck so oh my god <laughs> i thought that was her hair <laughs> it's oh okay my to god. of her because she's a piece of shit so are you right so <laughs> they had a beach house in sarasota they recently sold for a million dollars looked like they moved out already um doesn't make any sense she goes to bar with her head held high and nothing ever happened she likes to argue she lives for that some of the people she hangs out with are people who are in law enforcement some of them are criminals wow and that's gonna turn into i'm gonna show a tiktok really quick and then we'll be done so this tiktok is from the body cam footage of a cop reporting to okay <laughs> a cop reporting to a bar in May of 2021 and I'm going to unmute it Hi This girl has been harassing me for a while. I have her cell phone number. Okay. If it helps. Do you know her name? Her name is Thelma Moya. Thelma Magali Moya. She goes by Thelma Moya. Yeah. Okay. And what happened? Um, she verbally assaulted me, but physically assaulted me with witnesses. I'm so damp from the drink she threw at me. And why did she throw a drink at you? We had a verbal altercation outside. Outside over there? Yeah. And, and elaborate, like what happened? Um, same person for a couple years. Malcolm Allison, who was with your department, one of your sergeants. Whether they're together or not together, she got upset that he had texted me. I let her know that he had. And she came inside and threw a drink at me. I try not to make a big deal of things, but she's been a problem in my life for three years. I try not to make a big deal of things. You know. Just super cash. Anyways, you got a drink thrown at her at a bar. Because her and some girl had dated the same cop sergeant. What fucking cop sergeant is going to date her? It's Yeah, that's the reason she gets a drink from her. Fucking Jesus. And that this, is the Casey Anthony case. This was a horrible case, but you told it beautifully. Thank, Thank you. you. That was very... <laughs> 
that was very enlightening. And I've heard, I feel like I've heard the Casey Anthony case so many times and I've watched so many videos, but that was Me definitely too. the most thorough. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I have never heard all of those details. I, I was glad to be able to do it because it shed a lot of light for me as to why she was not, she was found not guilty. It made sense yeah. why she yeah. wasn't, even though, oh me, <laughs> it made sense to me why she was found not guilty. Although I think she's guilty. I think. Oh yeah. Same. I, I, she's, she's technically not guilty, but I still <laughs> believe she's guilty. She's a piece yeah. of shit. Yep. Agreed. And she fucking knows it. And she's, she's sociopathic. There's no yep. way. There's I agree. There's no way around it. She didn't give a fuck through the whole thing. She smiled through her whole trial. It was gross. What was the name of that um, foundation that you found? Uh, let me, one second. It's in the description of today's video. It is, the website is missingkids.org. And it's called the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Perfect. You guys can find that in our description. Um, We did our makeup for for Kaylee today. Yeah, because I heard that Kaylee really liked to finger paint and she liked really bright colors. So we did like really bright colored makeup. Yeah, figured, you know. All right, let's do the lesson foundry real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's jump into the lesson foundry. I got to pull that up on my phone. Yeah, Damn, did so good. that was that was very thorough awful Thanks. case but just it's terrible beautifully told thank you thank you I appreciate that I worked very hard on it yeah oh I can tell <laughs> yeah all right all so right. We're going to take a second to talk about today's sponsor, The Lesson Foundry. The Lesson Foundry is a 100% remote music lesson site. The Lesson Foundry has passionate and incredibly skilled teachers that provide classes for singing, flute, guitar, saxophone, and viola, just to name a a few. With all lessons being totally remote, this resource gives you the opportunity to maximize the time that you have with your teachers during each session. Yes, the Lesson Foundry site is extremely easy to use and very professionally laid out in a way that everyone can understand. You can actually see details about each and every teacher, including how many years of experience that they have. Um, You can see how many degrees they have, achievements they have in the field. Each and every teacher available for lessons on the site is extremely passionate about helping you reach your goals, whatever they may be. It could be ukulele, violin, singing. They have it all. All lessons can be catered to you and what you want to learn exactly how you want and when you want to. Uh, most half hour sh- sessions cost between 35 and $40 per week, uh, and signups are for one month. However, you can cancel at any time, perfect gift for yourself or any of the music lovers in your life. And luckily, uh, the lesson foundry is the place to go for all your music and instrument class needs. If you don't want to use their website and you'd rather to talk, you would rather talk to someone, you can call 410-404-8226 to speak to a representative about the lesson foundry. Yes. Thanks, Lesson Thank Foundry. You, Lesson Foundry. So you guys can actually follow us. You can follow us on our personal and our Facebook. Our Facebook is two number two ghouls podcast, our merch site, which has great merch on it that you guys can buy and support the podcast. We just got the website today. It's number two ghouls podcast.com. Um, what's your Instagram, bro? Your My Instagram is Samantha R-A-I-N-E seven. And my TikTok, you want to follow me at tick on TikTok, it's Sam R A I N E seven. 
Yes. And mine is, hey, my Instagram anyway is, hey, I'm Katie, K-A-T-I-R-Y-A-N. You can also follow our TikTok and our Facebook page at Two Ghouls Podcast. I think I said the Facebook one earlier, but yeah, that's where we post everything. Anything that you want to know about the podcast, whatever's going on is going straight to the Facebook page first. Um, So any of our updates or anything would be coming from there. We also have a group on Facebook. Yeah. Private ghoul friend group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, because- the reason why I did the Casey Anthony story today is because we did a poll a few weeks ago yeah. of what people wanted to exactly. see for the next true crime episode. Yeah. And our group members chose Casey Anthony. So, yep. Yep. So if you want to be involved choose. in the next, yeah, yeah, if you want to be involved in the next poll, which I'm sure we'll put up in the next couple of weeks for the next true crime episode, mm-hmm. you can have a say in what you would like to see next, exactly. or you can post any scary content there, really. Yeah, come join us there. That's the Ghoul Friends group. But if you go to the Facebook page, yeah. Two Ghouls Podcast, it should be linked there. Um, merch, you know, you guys know where to go. And just want to say thanks for watching. Yeah, thanks, guys. Episode. Thanks for thanks bearing so with our technical difficulties. Yeah, technical difficulties were a little bit frustrating today. But thankfully, I think the people that did end up joining our um, live stream today, I don't even think they noticed. So, except That's for great. Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Sorry, Aunt Vicky. But thanks, guys. We will see you next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.